0: Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I'll be talking trade, guys. We've had a major trade. It's the Knicks trading R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly for Toronto's OG Anunobi and others. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Detroit Pistons ending their losing streak as well. So just sit back, relax. And enjoy the show. Okay, guys, it's your boy GD back with the All Things Basketball with GD podcast. First of all, I want to extend a Happy New Year's to everyone. Hope your New Year's is going fine so far. And we're just going to get into it. Like I usually say, things have been crazy on this end. Life is life but I am back with this episode here. And this episode is going to be a hodgepodge of different topics and so forth. So just bear with me, guys. All right, here we go. We're going to start with the first major trade, in-season trade, that has taken place. And that was between my New York Knicks and the Toronto Raptors. And before I even go into that, I found it odd when I heard about it. Anyhow, given the fact that the Knicks have sued the Toronto Raptors and that lawsuit, I still don't know what's become of it. So when I heard the trade go down, I was like, I could see it between anyone else. But you know something? When it comes down to business, people put everything aside and handle business. So in that regard... Let us talk about the trade. The New York Knicks send to the Toronto Raptors. R.J. Barrett. Who, oh by the way, is Canadian. And from Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. So he goes back home, so to speak. Being dealt to Raptors. Along with Emmanuel Quickly. And also a 2024 second round pick. That's via the Detroit Pistons. So you imagine that pick is going to be rather high, given what Detroit has been doing as of late. I'll talk about them in a minute. And the Toronto Raptors, in turn, sends forward O.G. Ananobi. About 6'8", 6'7", 6'8", guys. Can defend multiple positions. I'll talk about his accolades in a minute. And along with him, Precious Shachua who's a power forward slash center, along with point guard Malachi Flynn. Now, the Knicks, I guess they decided that they have seen enough in terms of R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett, you know, there's a sentimental feeling about him, of course, being one of our own, picked third in that 2019 draft. So there's feelings about him in that regard. You wanted the kid to pan out. You wanted him to become that third star that you can lean on. And to his credit, he's done all he could do. He played here five years. He appeared in nearly 300 games, only one he didn't start. He gave you slightly over 18 points a game, along with over five rebounds and nearly three assists. The problem with him, though, was the efficiency, especially from the field for his career above forty two percent from three point range, which has improved as of late, but all in all over thirty four percent know, well around average seventy two percent from the free throw line so you wanted him to take that next step and you know you saw the videos of him working out and Trying to improve his game and so forth. And I always thought he was out of position being a small forward anyway. I thought he's more shooting guard than anything else. But he just didn't pan out. If he wasn't so inconsistent, I think he'd still be a nick today. It's the highs and the lows you get with him that I guess Leon Rose and those in the front office said, you know what? Maybe he's not gonna take that next step. And I thought he would. I thought he had kind of the trajectory, if you will, of Jimmy Butler. But without the defense, obviously, he's nowhere near the defender Jimmy Butler was. Now, on the other hand, losing Emmanuel quickly. And I mentioned it because I did an IG live. I think this is the one that's really a punch in the gut, guys. It's for, for several reasons. Emmanuel quickly... I understand, I get it, that he wasn't going to be afforded an opportunity to be the full-time point guard here. I get that, especially once you brought Jalen Brunson into the fold, I get that. But could you have at the very least went with him as a shooting guard? He wouldn't be undersized. He's probably about the same size as a Donovan Mitchell. So you entertain the notion of Bringing in a Donovan Mitchell. I just didn't, you know, it is tips too. He's like locked into positions and so forth. I was surprised he even moved RJ to the small forward to accommodate Evan 48 when we got him. But quickly, that was a gut punch because I think the world of Emmanuel quickly. I really do. And I said it before I said it maybe a million times by now. I think his skill set is on the par of a Tyrese Maxi. I really believe that. And from what I'm seeing so far, I think I'm kind of right. But his four years here, of the over 250 games he appeared in, he only started 27. But in those 27, ooh, man, he really gave you something. Nearly 13 points a game. Coming off the bench for his career, that's pretty good. Three rebounds, three assists. His shooting could have been a little better from the field, but you got to understand he's coming off the bench. So that's a difficult ax. And shooting 37% from the three-point range, very efficient from the free throw line at 86%. So I think Emmanuel quickly, I think he's going to be a guy. I actually think when the dust settles from this whole thing, he could be the player that is the one who, probably the talent in this whole deal. I really think that. That's how much I think of Emmanuel Quickly. And the thing is, once Toronto got him, they said, you know what? (laughs) We're throwing him right in the fire. And they have him starting now. Emmanuel Quickly is someone I think they want to take a long look at. Because he will be a restricted free agent at the end of the year. So they want to see what this kid has. And if I were to gather, I think they will, to no pun intended, but I think they will quickly sign him on the dotted line. That's how much I think they'll enjoy having a player of his caliber. And then, like I said, the second round pick will probably be a pretty high second round pick. And then you have the Knicks side of it. The Knicks get a player that they've been targeting the past few years, in fact. OG Ananobi, he's a guy, again, he can guard one through five. I even saw the other night, we'll kind of give you a peek into next week's episode, but I've seen him guard guys from point guards to uh, Embiid. Yeah, so he is a guy who... He's played seven years, he's played in nearly 400 games, started over three quarters of that, averages nearly 12 points a game. But you gotta remember early in his career, he wasn't really starting. It wasn't until after the championship where he's afforded more of an opportunity to play and start and those sort of things. Over four rebounds, he gives you about a steal per game, a little over, shoots at 47.4% from the field, 375 from the three-point line. He loves the corner threes. That seems to be his favorite, guys. And 74.2% from the free throw line. This is a guy who was on that championship team for Toronto. Also, he's a guy who led the league in steals last year a guy who was all defense, second team. I actually thought he had a shot at winning Defensive Player of the Year award, which ended up going to Jaron Jackson Jr. That's how well he played defense, guys. And he is a guy who, if the scoring isn't there, you know he's going to give you something else. He's going to give you rebounding. He's going to give you defense. He's going to affect the game in other ways. Whereas R.J. Barrett, if his shot was off, Pretty much, that was it. He was pretty much lost for the game if his shot was off. Anunobi definitely improves the starting lineup in that regard. And then he's a player at the end of the year. You're going to have to re-sign. How much he asks for, that remains to be seen, guys. He's a guy who fits perfectly. He's a Tibbs type of player. Yeah, I'm expecting big things from him. Then you have Precious Achua. Someone I've always kind of been high on. I think he's a guy who's, if given the opportunity, he could flourish. And he's going to get an opportunity here, guys. He plays the power forward position. He can also spell your center as well. So he is a guy who seems like he's a throwing in this deal. But he's the perfect guy for this team now. He can spell Randall. He can spell Hartenstein. Precious Achua. I think this was a fine pickup for them because this is what they needed for a while now. And he can defend as well. Malachi Flynn, kind of a throw-in in this deal. I think he's like an ace in the hole just in case. Deuce McBride, he's now being put as the backup to Brunson. If Deuce flames out, then you can always go the Malachi Flynn route. So a lot of pressure on Deuce McBride stepping into Quickly Shoes as the backup to Brunson. So with that said, guys, is there another move on the horizon for the Knicks? I've heard it being bandied about. Several names I've heard being thrown around. DeJounte Murray, that's one that's been high on everyone's list. They say the fact that he's a CAA guy could be an issue in terms of a deal getting done. Also, you have a guy out there like a Jordan Clarkson, who I think you kind of lost firepower with quickly, so he would be a nice addition. What would you have to pay to get him? That's uh, another story because you got Danny Ainge over there. and He is more than willing to try and fleece the Knicks. A guy I saw the other night, and in the past I've compared his game to quickly, and that's a Kobe White for the Chicago Bulls. He's a guy who could be dangled out there and also, a name I heard maybe mentioned on social media Alec Burks, who was a Nick at one time, who's now like that third guard over there for the Detroit Pistons, and someone you could get relatively cheap, guys. And I know what some Nick fans will say the last time we had him in a Nick uniform, Tom Thibodeau was starting him, actually at point guard. You know that won't happen now you know his role will be more of a spark off the bench as a shooting guard to come in and light things up so we pretty much know tiz wouldn't have that inclination to do that another name i heard is malcolm brogdon who doesn't seem to fit what the blazers are doing over there he's another name to kind of keep an eye on so you have all these different guys here the Carl Anthony Towns, again, I don't see that coming into fruition whatsoever. He's right now on the top tier team in the West. So why in the world would they trade him to begin with? So that never made sense to me then. And even much more now, it doesn't make sense. And then, of course, you have the naysayers. Of course, pseudo fan Stephen A. Smith. And then I was just saying to somebody the other day on social media because they're like, do people even still listen to him? I said, I understand what you're saying, but he has the largest megaphone being on that first take show, being on NBA countdown. So the mic is in his face. So he gets to blurt out his nonsensical advice to the Knicks Talking about moving heaven and earth to get Donovan Mitchell in a Knicks uniform. The same Donovan Mitchell who, oh by the way, the Knicks team pretty much dismantled in last year's playoffs. His fascination with him. I mean, I'm not taking any weight from Donovan Mitchell. I think he's a fine player. But to say that's the missing piece that you need and then what it's going to take to get him. In any event... So he said that, he also said, as of now, this where well, I thought he was really delusional, that he's probably the biggest star in New York than anyone on the Knicks. That's where you like, you really smelling your armpits now, right? That's an uh, old saying from back in the day, but this whole notion that he wasn't impressed with the trade, you know, it's not the trade he wants, he wants the flashy item, the one you gotta gut the team for to bring in, That's what he wants to do. Now, if you left GM and front office decision in his hands, he would sink this team right into the malaise they had in the early 2000s. Thanks for the advice, but nah, we good. So we will see what's the next move on the horizon for the Knicks. But as it stands now, they have a very competitive team. A team that I feel is probably top four, wherever they can knock off any of the top three teams That remains to be seen, but I tell you what, guys, I think this year in the NBA is a bit fluky. By that, I mean it seems like any and everything can happen. Do I think they can go all the way with the current roster they have? Probably not. I think they're one solid player. It doesn't have to be a star. Like a DeJounte Murray would be an excellent fit here, a player that can probably get you to that next level. I don't think it needs to be a fide star player. I think it just needs to be a solid player who fits the Knicks in their system. My Knicks are looking good. I'm very confident in them, so we'll see what happens. Now, for the Toronto side, my question now is, are they done with making trades? It seems like now the Rumblings now are turning towards Pascal Siakam. What happens with him next Philadelphia 76ers although I'm not sure how they would mathematically get that done I've heard I think it was Kendrick Perkins talk about them the one place I think he would be a hundred percent perfect for is the Oklahoma City Thunder I think if they were to somehow get their hands on him they still got a boatload of first round picks and so forth they got some young talent they will probably need a third team because of the salary that Siakam gets. You probably have to pull a third team in who wants to do a salary dump. But I think if OKC were to get a Siakam, whoosh, man, they're already playing great so far. I'll talk about them in a minute. But to get a guy like that, whew, man, that really put them in on the fast pace there. And then a Dark Horse team that I think... If they were to get him, I would like their chances that much more. And that would be the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets is a place where I think Siakam Fitz put him next to Alperin Sungun. I think would be a match made in heaven. And you probably have to give up on the young kid Jabari Smith. You probably have to give up on him in order to do it. But hey... A guy like Pascal Siakam doesn't come around every day, so I think he would be a solid fit there. And then remember, too, Fred Van Vliet is already there, so you already have somebody you have chemistry with. Keep an eye out on Houston. I think they could be a dark horse in the sweepstakes for Pascal Siakam, provided Toronto trades him. Keep that in mind. With that said, oh my gosh, I didn't even realized, guys, this one went a pretty good distance here. But I had to talk about that trade and get that out of the way. There's a few more things I wanted to talk about. Let me just talk briefly about the Detroit Pistons, who just ended their 28-game losing streak, which was a record-tying losing streak. They were tied with the Philadelphia the Philadelphia 76ers, who actually it transcended into two seasons. The end of the 2014-15 season and the beginning of the 2015-16 season. So Detroit ends that streak by beating, of all teams, what we were just talking about, the Toronto Raptors. Missing guys like OG Anunoby, Precious Achua, and Malachi Flynn because the trade just went down. So this game took place on December 30th. They were without those pieces there. So they were able to win that game, 129, 127, a game where Detroit almost gave it away again. It seems that they were fighting in these games, but they couldn't keep leads. So Kay Cunningham led the way for them, 30 points, 12 assists with three rebounds. Bogdan Bogdanovich, he contributed as well, 19.7 rebounds. Jalen Duran, he had a double double with 18 points and 17 rebounds. And an old friend of ours from the Knicks, Kevin Knox with 17 points. And then in the loss, Pascal Siakam goes crazy for Toronto, 35 points, five rebounds, four assists. Then a Schroeder, 30 points with nine assists. And then Gary Trent Jr, 24 points, four assists, four steals. And Scotty Barnes, 22 points, nine rebounds, two steals. But not enough to get the win. Detroit doesn't become the sole holder of the record in NBA history, which I'm sure is a sigh of relief for Monty Williams. I know Monty Williams is definitely relieved with that, but I think Monty Williams is trying to figure out what's going on over there. I do think it's kind of inexcusable for a team with decent talent For them to lose 28 straight games is definitely a dereliction of duty. I think Monty Williams has to figure out that roster over there and figure it out in a hurry. I don't know if I mentioned it, but he's had Jaden Ivey in and out of the starting lineup. He's started guys like Alec Burks, in fact. Guys like Killian Hayes above Jaden Ivey. I think Jaden Ivey's a talent in this league. I think it's just a matter of him learning and figuring out how to play with Kay Cunningham, who remember he missed all of the last season. So Kay Cunningham is such a talent, and I think they have to figure out a way to play off each other. I think that's your backcourt of future. I think that's something that Monty needs to figure out. Figure out his front court as well. I know they just recently got Bogdanovich back. He had started the season on the sideline. Your big man Jalen Duran, he was out of the lineup for a good while. So you had that. Marvin Bagley the third, he's always in and out of the lineup, it seems, when it comes to injury. Isaiah Stewart as well. So and there's other guys that you don't have as of now because of injury. Guys like Monty Morris, a backup point guard, also Joe Harris, a fine three-point sniper. Yeah, I think you got to be able to figure these things out. And hey, maybe this is a sign of things to come. But uh, Detroit does avoid history per se, lone history. And they get the win over the Toronto Raptors. I know there's one guy out there because I saw this. He had bet $40 that Detroit wouldn't win another game. He bet it in October. He almost made forty grand. Until that Toronto game where they ended up taking the loss and Detroit got the win. So, imagine being that guy. Being that close to getting so much money there. Alright guys, so that's going to do it for this episode. I thought I'd be able to get to some other items. But, I'll do it in another episode. Maybe we'll do it like that. Alright guys, I'm kind of back. Seems like I'm back. So, But, there's other stuff I want to cover. We now have the first round of the... All-Star Voting, that's come down the pike. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about some teams on the rise. And then, of course, some teams, well, one team rather, that's kind of sputtering. Talk about that. Naismith Hall of Fame nominees, I want to talk about them as well. So, all right, guys, so that is it for me. I thank you for listening as always, and we'll talk again soon. Take care. Hello, my peeps. Thank you for listening and supporting the All Things Basketball with GD podcast. You can find us on our website, allthingsbasketballwithgd.com. You can also email us at that at gmail.com. Also, listen and watch us on YouTube, All Things Basketball GD. Hit the like button when you see our videos. Also, write a blurb about our show. You can listen to us on all podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple. Leave a review for us at Apple. On the website, you can support us by hitting the buy me a coffee button, support on anchor button or donate on PayPal. You can also support us by our cash app. GD that sports dude. Once again, I thank you for listening and supporting the show and do take care.